Welcome to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, to inspire, and to encourage. This next guest is a Jacksonville native, pure bar instructor, fitness enthusiast, and big dreamer. She is a dear friend of mine, and she is one of those people who threads wisdom into every conversation. I'm excited that Amy Cruz joined me on the show to talk about one of life's greatest challenges, rejection. Get your pens ready, because this is Write It Down. Throughout the course of my life, the things that are that are the most challenging to get into are your dreams, the things, mm. your passions, the things that you want more than anything. It's easy to go to a job that you you really could, couldn't care less. I mean, they're like, wow, I don't care if you fire me today. I'd be like, yeah. see ya, I Bye. got the afternoon off. Yeah. You know, that's not hard to do, but it's also not fulfilling. So we're talking about things that pull a passion out in you. And if you get rejected, you feel like a piece of yourself has been taken away. I mean, that's like the big time stuff. And some people live their life in fear and they never go after those things. So they date below a standard. They work below a standard. They dream below a standard because it's easy. And they are like, you know what? You're not going to hurt me. And that's stinking thinking as far as I'm concerned. thinking. Because you get one life to live and really go for those things that God built into you Mm. and they are designed to come out. So I think that when you instead adopt this thought process of saying, hey, if I hit a wall, I'm going to change directions and I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to take that knowledge with me as I go, but I'm going to see the positives in it. If, If that is your attitude from the get-go, it's really freaking hard when you start off because you're like, there's nothing good. My life is done. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it feels like you're never going to stand up again. Right. Are but, you Are you scared to fall in love again? Because of what just happened? I think that is a great question. I <laughs> Good. I honestly, gosh, I hope not. You know, I can say that from like the bottom of my heart, but is it scary to think about? Absolutely. Mm. I, but at the same time, aren't the best things in life worth the fear? Like that, there should be a little bit of that there that says, um, you know, because I can't, I can't sit here and say like, Nick, sweet old Nick, I can't sit here and say you know, that it was a, it was a horrible relationship. He did me wrong. No, he was a dream. Like, really? He was a dream in so many ways. And um, so it was hard to let go of something that didn't end poorly. Mm. Because I, I wanted to be able to say, well, you're a jerk and I can do better. But honestly, like, <laughs> I can't, I, I'm not going to sit here right. and say that and take that off of him. So, but <clears throat> I know how great it can be when, because I really honestly believe that God brought him into my life. I will say that till the day I die and to teach me, to, um, you know, grow me and ultimately to ask me to give that back to him, which was really tough because I didn't do that willingly. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, Lord, I'm, I'm going to turn him back over to you. It was a forced, it was a wall. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, uh, we're going full force in this direction right here. Don't don't put that wall there. And uh, so was it very hard to turn back over to the Lord? But ultimately, I think when, you know, it, hopefully God has the right guy, you know, and, and when he brings him into my life, he'll also give me the strength, the ability to say, fear 
isn't something I live with. I give that to God, and then I march forward with my eyes set on the goal. And that is kind of what I, I hope I can put into place in the future. Is there anything from that relationship where you, obviously you learn, you learn like what you like now, you want to, you know, do this physical fitness training, which you're going to kill. The physical fitness? The physical fitness. <laughs> you're going to crush it. Um, there's things like that that you learn about yourself. Yeah. But coming into a new relationship and starting off that friendship and building trust, what are things that you're going to maybe not do? Maybe you're not going to fall so fast or share so fast. What are the things that, I mean, I know plenty of men and women out there, they, they're they either like too protected of themselves mm-hmm. or not enough because they're just like, oh, screw it. Like, yeah. here it is. So what are like some things that you want to implement in the next time that you're, I mean, man. These are soul-searching questions. Um, hmm. I, I would say, honestly, just I think the like the time thing is a big thing. Now, um, in my past relationship, we knew from the get-go that he was moving for a job, and that was a lot of why the relationship ended. And you know, the job was more important. I mean, if we have to get down to it and say it, the job was more important than the relationship was. And um, so he made the call, which I mean, is, is good. I honestly think it took a lot of bravery to make the call. And so, you know, you kind of have this new situation. But so at the time, when I got into that relationship with him, I felt like we didn't have any time and which is a difficult thing to work with because you can do things that are just kind of rushed. And I think that there was a lot of that. There was a lot of like, oh, we got to figure out the details now. We got to make everything work out now. And, um, you know, something I have learned in my life is that God doesn't work on my timetable. I don't go to him and say, hey, Lord, met a great guy. We've got this amount of time. Bada bang, bada boom. If you can make it happen, that'd be nice. So I think that that would probably be my my number one top thing that I would focus on is just making sure that through everything, um, you know, I'm committed in prayer. I'm putting that in front of him. Because if you think about it, that is really the biggest decision that you make in your life. So um, it's absolutely the one that you want to place before the Lord from day one to indefinitely through every every moment that you have um, in a relationship with somebody. So probably just um, slowing down a little bit. And um, yeah. I think the reason people don't slow down, number one is because they're eager to feel again. Yeah. But they're also eager for the comeback game. It's this like, okay, like I'd rather be like in a committed, new committed relationship before they get in one. So that oh, yeah. that feeling of like they replaced you first. It's yeah, like this like, pride thing where you're like, well, I beat you to it. Like you may have broken up with me, but I beat you to a new relationship and I'm quote unquote happy. But you're still like, I'm really just doing this because I'm dreaming about you and like all the endless possibilities that we could have had. So what is your advice to those out there that are eager to jump in to for the comeback game or they're trying to fill a void instead of like because that's the biggest thing. And sorry to go off on this, but this this is girl, oh girl, this is. <laughs> The line for all rejection, not just relationally, but professionally, whatever Ali's there are out there, this is this is the thing. Is we now I just lost my train of thought. But we because I didn't know what That's other Lee I and I'm like, it was so good what I was gonna say. But there's this element of we wanna prove ourselves 
like real quick. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, what I'm getting from you is... Uh, Please tell really, me what I'm about to say. I this don't is what know. you're about to say. Yeah. Um, it's really just being valued. I mean, isn't that what it is? It's like, you didn't value me. Let me show you what I'm worth. Like, he thinks I'm valuable, but, you know, or whatever that is. It's like, I can replace you. If you're going to tell me I don't have value, I'm going to tell you, you didn't even matter to me. I can replace you like that. You're nothing. And which is really when you think about the heart of the matter. And that's what I was going to answer to that mm. is basically I'm going to answer my answer own my question. Answer my ambiguous or, <laughs> question, please. No, but that would be... I would say if that is the intention and if it's happening quickly, like if you just got out of a relationship and you're about to get back into something else, you need to stop, look yourself in the mirror and say, what is my, what is like the, my intention underneath this? Do I really care for this person or am I over here? Like who's watching my Instagram stories? You know, who's liking my pics? Like, because that's a, that is a lot of culture nowadays. It's like, let me prove to you that I've got it all together. And what did we talk about through rejection? That was like the first thing that we really hit on. Vulnerability is connection. So that's the opposite of vulnerability. That's let me show you how good I'm doing. And really, I mean, the answer to that is no, nobody's doing good. I mean, we all, <laughs> we're is- all just destroyed on the inside. It's, it's, yeah. But it's true. Mm-hmm. Everybody's struggling through something. And a lot of it we don't know. But at, at the same time, you can't say, well, nobody else knows what I'm going through here. And like, I got to act like I got it all together. Um, because it's a lie, you know, and we we all live in a various pl- places of let me present this picture of who I am to the world around me. And I'm not saying that we should all walk around with like our hair a full, like in sweats, like I can't live, do life today. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that. Like, you know, get out of bed, live your life, do, you know, go about your day. Mm -hmm. Yes, with, with pride in how you do things, your job, your family life, like all that different stuff. But um, at the same time, I think this notion of, you know, I've moved on so quickly, I've replaced you, like you're nothing to me. It's just a complete lie. Mm -hmm. And then who it ends up hurting is you You. in the long run. So how does being yourself play a role in all this? Because I think when people are rejected, they're tempted to not be themselves because themselves, when somebody found out about themselves, they didn't want it anymore. Yeah, that's kind of like the core of that. All right. We talked about this before, but just with family doesn't matter. Your family's known you since you were a baby and you can be yourself all the way until you die because there's not that fear of rejection because they're bought in They're They're with you. But when you meet somebody or you get hired for a job and you're fully yourself and that's not good enough, then when you reshape yourself, quote unquote, and you become who you think people want you to be. Or who you think, does that make sense? Yeah. I I mean, I, it kind of makes me want to go back and say, because I did use that word reshape, and I, I want to say, you know, that doesn't mean you have to become a different person because you're not likable. You know, mm-hmm. that, I certainly don't want that to be the thing that's like heard from that. I think ultimately you you have to, I, God, I don't want to say be true to who you are because that's that's not really it either. I think that there should be this element of you that is that lives with a little bit of fear of rejection. And it, because you know you're being you 
when you're you're being honest and you're being sincere when that exists. So if the thought comes to your mind, and I know everybody's head game is different. Like some of us, before we say something, we run it through the processor upstairs and it's like, is that going to be funny? How's that going to land? Are people going to like me? Are people going to hate me? Is a 50, more than 50% of the room going to read that well? Is it going to be controversial? Like there's a lot of that mm. that goes on. And then some people have no thought whatsoever and you're like, didn't think that one through, did ya? Just that one just came out there. You know, but you, I think that there is a place where you're just honestly being you and, you know, kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to wrap that up other than to say, you know, when you're being honest with yourself. And um, I think that there are a lot of elements that are involved there. And, and some of that is living life a bit on the edge for you. So maybe putting yourself in situations that maybe make you a little bit uncomfortable and doing it anyways, you know, getting out there and growing as a person, challenging yourself where you know your limits lie. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying when I'm like reforming yourself. It's continuing progress forward instead of just kind of hanging where you're at now I forgot completely what the actual question was. I kind of did too. No, I mean, but so. that was a good answer. I and at the end of the day, we're the common denominator in all every scenario and every relationship we're in. We're the common denominator. Everywhere you go, you are. So it's it's this coming to like, and I hate to say like self love or just like love yourself because that's so not how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to, you know, love God, love people, and yeah. he is going... He'll I mean, take he, care of you. He'll take care of you. Um, but there is this element of you... If you're just not a joyous person because of all the rejection that you've been through and you're just going to sit in your own dirty diaper for the rest of your life, <laughs> and then you take that into every friendship or every job or every relationship that you're in, it's like nobody wants to be around that. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be around that. Even even taking it away from how other people are perceiving you, it is really how are you doing what if you're if you believe that you're placed here for a purpose, then it's kind of like how are you fulfilling that? If we get so bogged down with everything that we have from oh this didn't work out for me, that didn't work out for me, I might as well not even try anymore, you know, kind of a thing, then how are you affecting other people for good? And asking yourself that question honestly. And there will be times in your life where you're like, I did not do a good job today of seeing anyone else but me. I was just so focused on my struggles, my issues. You're going to have those days. Nobody is perfect. And if you know somebody that is like, hi, I'm a happy, joyful person all the Uh, time. Like they're lying. You're a liar. I mean, oh man. So it's just, it's, there's a balance. I'm not saying to fake it, but there are, are times where you have to sit back and say, I'm going to, I'm not going to make statements like I statements, you know, I feel this way, I feel that, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to open my eyes and say, how are you doing? And I'm going to care when I ask. I'm going to remember when someone told me, hey, I've got a big presentation at work because I want to ask the next day, how did the presentation go? Right. It's you know, a shift in thinking. Yes. And it is not so focused on your issue. It is, how are you doing? And honestly, you know, I could throw, you know, throw out some little Jesus-isms. But, you know, joy, Jesus, others, you. And I know that sounds silly, but it's so very true. If you were to wake up in the morning and say, hey, God, starting the day off with you, 
Like, I, I want to talk about these are things that are in my mind, on my heart. And then, you're, you know, I, I want to commit today to you. How, you know, use me any way that you see fit. Help me to see other people. Help me to affect other people the way that you want me to. Pray for other people, others. And then you just don't really worry about it. You're third, right? So if you started your day like that, can you imagine what your moments would be different? Because the moment you walked out of the door in the morning, you wouldn't be focused on, oh my gosh, I'm late. Oh my gosh, I need to go get the coffee. Oh my gosh, I blah, 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 blah. It would be other people first. And that kind of a mindset would, it would literally make you a different person. Mm. And I mean, I feel at that quite often. So more so in my life, I'm in the moment. I'm, and it's usually, you know, it's, to draw back to like, Jesus has a sense of humor, like God has a sense of humor. I feel like something funny will happen. And I'm like, you know, trying to get around somebody in the, in the aisle at Target and their cart is like it's sitting diagonal. And I'm like, really, really? You know, and I'm, and this is actually a story that happened to me. And I, I seriously was a kid. He was probably like 21. And I sat there um, with, with my cart. Like, surely he'll notice me for like real time 20 seconds. It was awkward. I was standing there like, well, and now it's been like 10 seconds. It's awkward for me to say something. He didn't move. He obviously knew I was there. He didn't move. And in that moment, I, it's like I heard the voice of the Lord, like, Amy, stop sitting there saying, I've got things to do. I need to pick this up, blah, blah, blah. Think about somebody else in this moment. And it's like, sometimes it takes that. It takes God stopping you and reminding you, like, you've been totally you focused today. Can you just get out of your own head? And I think that there's a lot of, um, a lot of truth to that. So Mm -hmm. in moments when you're feeling like, you know, the world's crashing down on you. And if that's, it's a really fresh wound, like, oh gosh, I just came up against like a major rejection or issue or I stumbled here. um, That if you can, if it's a really fresh thing or if it's something that's just coming up from the past, you know, that's rehashing and you're, you're rehashing your mind. If you can get out of that moment of like you, that pit of despair of you and focus it on other people, it will instantly change your outlook for the moment for your day. And I, I mean, that's really an amazing tool to use if we just, you know, actually use it. Use it. And we, we kind of talked about this even through your breakup. And okay, we, we, we sifted through thoughts and we're like, all right, how would an others minded focused person be in this scenario? And it's, yeah, you might not have been what I wanted you to be, which was a partner in life. And, but at the end of the day, as a believer, at the core of who you are, your purpose is to, love that person, Mm -hmm. not love that person. Like, Oh, I'm going to love him to come back to me. But it's like, I care more about you and your walk with the Lord and where God's leading you than he does. than I do about what you can be for me. There's this, this saying I've heard before is you don't want to be the person that's obsessed with building your own castle. You want to be obsessed with building God's kingdom. Yeah. And I think so many of us are trying so hard to, make the perfect scenario for ourselves, And that goes in, you know, everything with our job, with our, you know, even you kind of piggyback this off of me earlier with your dream with LA Mm -hmm. and what you thought that was going to look like. And it didn't happen. And that, but doesn't mean that what you do every single day isn't for God's kingdom. That might not have been added on to your quote unquote castle. Yeah. But God's still using you for for his purpose. We're going to take a quick break from our show to discuss Patreon. 
Patreon is a secure site that allows creators to make albums, videos, and podcasts like the one you're listening to now. So if you enjoy Write It Down, please head over to our website, xvxiii.com or spell out 1513.com in your browser. Click on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and show your support. Write It Down is made possible by the 1513 Network, so please send over your love, your support for the other shows as well. If not, just stick with Write It Down because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Anyways, back to the show. How do you intend moving forward since this breakup, living in light of that? Living in light of the fact that he wasn't what you wanted him to be for you, but... I think one of the... um one of the biggest challenges there is to, you know, to not hold on to bitterness. It's to instead say, if I look at this, if I take the me element out of it, so I'm like, you know, but this is what I wanted and I didn't get what I what I wanted out of that, what I needed out of that relationship, and then being then critical of um, my ex. I mean, can I say it now? I feel like I've said it's it. It's out there. Everybody it's knows out there. It's in the universe. I should have just said a different name every time and no one would know. Yeah. Um, but now I, you know, cause it's quite a few months removed now and, um, I'm definitely able to, uh, and this is, can be difficult at times, but I, I make it a point to pray for him and not in a way of not like a bitter prayer where you're like, <laughs> you know, I just hope that every girl he dates, he's like, not Amy. You know, it's not that prayer because that's like not rooted in, in in wanting him good things for him at all. But if, you know, if I am going to say I'm a Christian and I'm in the family of God and Nick is as well, then I'm going to, every time I say that, you just laugh. It's like, but it's, it's fine. Um, but if I'm going to say that and I'm going to mean that in my heart, then I should be able to look at him as a somebody that's in, that is another, a Christian and say, I wish good things for him. And our lives weren't meant to coexist together. Like I wasn't meant to walk through this path with him through life, but I want him to achieve great things, whatever that means in his relationship with the Lord and and in every element of life. So I, I'm not gonna say these are the successes that I want for Nick. What I what I'm gonna pray is that God gets a hold of him and guides him like no other. Like it is a something fierce that he chases down in life. And if it's not gonna be me walking by his side, that it's gonna be one heck of a lady that gets that position. It's the same as what I I pray the same things for myself. Mm-hmm. That I'll find a passion that I latch onto and I'm running towards the goal. And I also pray for my future spouse and that he'll be one amazing guy that not the perfect guy, but the right guy for me to walk that path the rest of my my days, you know? And so that's that was really difficult at first when I started that prayer. But it, when he comes to my mind, because there are inevitably times where a song comes on or, you know, I, I say something that like sounds like him, you know, you've picked up these little isms that are like, oh, Nick would have said that or whatever it is. I'm eating in a restaurant that I have like a memory and it flashes in my mind. And instead of letting that kick me into this sad place, I'm immediately like, God, I hope Nick is doing really well exactly where he is. You have him where he is for a reason. And I just pray that you're the one leading his life every step of the way and that he's happy. And that is, it kind of takes away 
any depression or like sadness on my side because I just, it's a very hopeful thought and that's what it ends on. It's like you, you leave it at hope and then you just leave it. And, um, and it changes kind of the, the atmosphere, what could have turned into like, oh man, I'm going to go home and eat a pint of Chunky Monkey and hate my life. Like, you know, instead Chunky of that, monkey. you can just move forward mm-hmm. and it, and you're in a good place moving forward. Mm-hmm. So kind of this is probably one of my last questions because it could go off on a tangent, but oh, like, tangent. like all of ours do. Um, I feel like, or I know that rejection is either it's like a paper cut in some areas. It's a wound, like a deep wound that's bleeding. And sometimes it's just like triage, triage. Yeah, or it's a bruise. And there's things that come along in life that kind of, you know, when your paper cut gets hit by something and you're like, or you put Germex on your paper cut and you're like, holy moly, like I'm going to die right now. So there's, there's things that kind of bring up that feeling of rejection again. You know, you could be fine, mm-hmm. like for months, like six months to a year, feeling no rejection. You're like, oh, I'm on cloud nine. It's a diagnosis. You're eight months in, so this could happen. <laughs> but there's something that comes along that triggers that feeling again, or that bumps that bruise, or... After you've stubbed your toe, you go stub it again. And you're just like, dang it. I thought this feeling was gone, but it keeps getting pressed on. Yeah. What are those triggers for you? Oh, God. Okay. Well, I I mean, real time. What's your Germex? My, okay. I, I had a Germex moment. Um, not that it was a paper cut, but I um, actually on <laughs> good old Instagram, it just the gram it gets you. But um, so, of course, as a, a true, like, recovering from this, you know, he still followed me on social media and was like watching my stories and stuff like that, which I was really didn't realize how much I was holding on to hope from those moments. I mean, seriously, like looking for him. Affirmation. Do you, you care about me? You care about me still. So, um, I, I'm going to say probably like, I, I don't even know, months, six weeks, some time ago, I noticed that he was no longer watching my stories. And so sure enough, I like went to, to look and he was like, unfollowed me completely on social. (laughs) And let me tell you, when I say I felt like it was, I was getting over it. And then all of a sudden it was like, you're not over it, kid. Like, I mean, it was just like, whoa. Because in that moment, I'm like, you don't even care if I'm living and breathing anymore. You're just like, bye, Amy. Like, I don't want any more of that. I don't want to know about your life. I don't know about your successes. I don't want to know about anything. And um, that was like, you know, twist the knife sort of moment for me. That was a huge like trigger moment. And honestly, it took a second. I I had a little like, you know, catch up step that I had to get in my stride there because what I, what Amy wanted to do was to like, be like, oh, Oh, we're, you better oh, block we're my number because I'm yeah. about to yeah, I'm about to text. <laughs> oh, two can play What's that up? game. Yeah. You know, hey, I'm still alive if you're wondering. Yeah. You know, anything to just kind of put it out there and get him talking to me, like to get an explanation from him for that. But so I had to like slow my roll and be like, you know what? This is when you, th- that was when like the healing process was really tested in that moment. And I think that when you have those kind of trigger moments that you have to say, all right. I, I ultimately, what it brings me back to, um, I think is just that I don't have it together. And it's, it's 
that can be really hard to say sometimes, but like, that is so true. I do not have it together. I exist off of a mixture of like coffee in the morning and a whole lot of Jesus. And then like, I'm back again. Like, you know, it's like, wake yeah. me up. And before you know it, I've, I've failed at something that I should have been mm. doing, or I've let my mind wander a place that it shouldn't be, or I've been dwelling on these thoughts that I shouldn't be dwelling on. And it's like, I do that, you know, quickly. I fall into a place that's like, it's not good. It's not good. I'm not good. So it was a reminder. I think it was a reminder that as much as I felt like I've got, I've got this, I was starting to kind of get that feeling moving forward. I can manage this. Um, it just reminded me how much no there's there's a huge part of me that w- that wants to be wanted wants to be desired or seen or chosen and it it was a big reminder that like you're not getting that from him and in that moment you know once again you can fall back into this pattern of just being like nobody cares who am I kidding? Like, what, what does it even matter? And settling for either r- really the bat, the wrong guy or um, just cutting yourself off completely, you know? And I I don't want to be in that Well, there's, there's this notion that we want to be the ones to do it first because if we, if we reject first, then we won't get rejected. Yeah. So if you would have unfollowed him, like way before he did it wouldn't you and he would have unfollowed you after you'd been like well I did first so well I mean so there's I don't know like in my in my girl brain uh, maybe it's not even just a girl brain it's just like this is how people think but um I think he wouldn't have even noticed or cared I'm like you know that's kind of like rejection comes from having something and then not anymore and if you can be the person and nip it in the bud first and say I don't want it then it's like, that wasn't rejection. That was me choosing willingly. I didn't want it. So if, like UF, for instance, if you would have said, no, I don't want UF. I'm going to go to UNF. You not getting into UF wouldn't have hurt as, bad. Hurt as bad. Because you were like, eh, well, I didn't really want to go there anyways. But because you wanted it so bad and it didn't happen for you, boom, rejection. So if you, and that's why people I think are, and it goes back to what you're saying about jumping into a new relationship. People would rather do it first like as but far is, as that, isn't how dangerous is that? Because oh, it is. A, you cut things off before you even they even begin. I mean, if you see somebody that's interesting to you, you've already run through every scenario in your mind, and you're like, no, there's no way they're going to turn me down. Why would I even try? But do you find yourself doing that now since this? Um, mm, I mean, yeah, that sounded like a cow. Mm, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, I. I th- I think we all kind of do that a little bit in life, but it's not a good thing. Oh no, I do that. I've literally not. This is about not about me, and we're gonna stop talking about me in a second because you're not supposed to talk about. But, yourself. Hey, we gotta talk. We, you no, know. but I'm just saying, I would rather hide in a freaking closet the rest of my life than feel feelings of rejection. I know, but you get nothing good when you do that. But it's so much easier because I know. if you like nip it out, that was a nip it out tone for those listening Mm -hmm. you nip it out first you're way safer and I'm not saying that like everybody should be safe all the time but that's just something that I find myself doing so for you that just went through this very recently yeah where he unfollowed this is so like what are we talking about but he (laughs) 
it's weird, but, but it's, it's, it's true. It's a huge part of culture. Like you can't be like, "We're not even gonna talk." Like Instagram isn't a thing. It's totally a thing. It's a big thing. And I think any girl, if that had happened, they would have been like, "Devastating blow." I don't. I know it low sounds blow, weird. Dude. It sounds stupid. Low blow. You could have kept following. I know. Yeah. It's like just hide me. I mean, I don't like. Uh, yeah, but it does. It. But that's the thing. It's like if you feel it, it matters. So it doesn't matter how stupid it is. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's like, well, that's a dumb reason for you to be upset to feel of a, yeah. rejected. It's like, well, I, I felt like that was a you know a big point or a big trigger point, you know. And it, it but if it if it comes back to a place that's good, it's a reminder that I don't have it together and I need the Lord. Hmm. He's the one that lifts me up. He buoys me up. He gives me not only life like breathing wise, but a reason for life. And so what it does instead of turning to despair is it gives you an opportunity to turn to God and for him to provide you that encouragement to say, hey, it's not about another person wanting you. It's about me. I chose you. I choose you. And I'm ultimately, I'm all you need. And But people, and I agree with that, but people don't feel chosen by God. And Christians don't feel chosen by God. They think, I mean, I'm saying they, meaning myself. I've been through. <laughs> they, me. When I say they, <laughs> I say me. Um, they, meaning me, looks at God and like the cross and the gospel as a blanket coverage. Like it's just a general thing. I mean, I know it's personal, but we look at it as like, oh, Jesus died for all, not for my particular situation, yeah. not for my rejection, not for my future relationship, not for my future marriage, not for my future kids. It's just a blanket coverage. Like if you accept it, you're in cool. Good for you. But they don't look at they meaning me or you and your situation. No, I connect with this as well. You're not out there alone of. All right. Well, does like can the cross really transform? And now we're getting super Christian. Sorry for those yeah, that aren't out there. <laughs> Love you. Should we start singing She's Paid It All? I mean, should we? 10,000 reasons. Anybody? <laughs> we won't. We won't. You're welcome. Um, no, but they, and even those, this is good for non-believers too. When, when people tell you, oh, like Jesus saved me, but then we're still walking around like the most depressed people in the world mm-hmm. when we have everything. Um, but people don't look at their situations and think that, that Christ cares about that. Like that God doesn't care about the fact that the Instagram unfollow really hurt you deep. So they just write it off. Well, if I would argue that in saying, if you feel like God doesn't care, you're not holding up your side of the relationship. Mm. He's not going to come down and shake you by the shoulders and be like, Hey, listen, I choose you kid. You know, it's not like some epic, you know, football movie that we're watching it's that this isn't the last play of the game this isn't like the make or break moment but he cares about even those little moments and you know if you think about a relationship right if you don't tell me what's going on in your life I don't know I I don't know and I'm now of course I'm not God so that's a horrible example scrap that (laughs) but the encouragement that comes from and not just encouragement the the bolstering up, the mm-hmm. um, the lifting up, like the, you know, and, and the Bible would talk about how God is a lifter of our head. That is a great way of saying, you know, putting his hand under your chin and lifting your eyes back up. 
that is a great example of what God does. But we do need to turn to him to get that benefit. So if you're going to hide in the corner and just be like, I'm not even going to deal with this, you know, it's it's no big deal or it's stupid. Like nothing is. Nothing is stupid. And, um, you know, coming from that kind of original question of saying, oh, oh, it's a blanket covering. Like, I mean, that's sad to me because you have so much more of an option than that. But it does require that you are first vulnerable in your relationship with the Lord to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So saying, God, this is really difficult for me. And then seeing where it goes from there. I mean, and trust me, that was a huge point of prayer because I told you what I wanted to do. Amy wanted to react in a certain way, but I knew in the moment, like, that's probably not the best. You should Mm -hmm. think on these things Mm -hmm. before you uh, take that approach. And then not doing that and then being like, God, I mean, ultimately what's underneath this is a whole lot of hurt. And maybe it is stupid. I think going, like, kind of segueing into that as well, the blanket coverage of, like, Christ and what he did for us, there's also an element of... Christ died for everybody else, like the gospels for everybody, just not me. So for instance, we do this in our friendship. I know we do this. We'll talk on the phone and we'll encourage the fire out of each other. That's right. And we're like, girl, like you're like, I don't even know. That was an encouragement. But But we'll sit there and pour in, but we won't believe that same truth for ourselves. I'm so guilty of that, where I can pour into people and encourage people, and I see their lives, and I'm like, God is moving. God is for you. But I don't think he's for me. Or I think he's left me hanging. Well, but even our, uh, like, a friendship relationship, a lot like ours, and I think people have access to this, but it starts with that vulnerability, that word. Because when, you know, as other Christians, we want to be encouraging of everyone around us and ourselves, each other, sorry, not ourselves, each other as well. And um, I mean, I see our friendship as an answer to prayer in that element, because oftentimes you'll say something to me like, okay, this is how I see you. And it is almost as if we're standing in buildings that are just built right next to each other. And I'm looking at you on your balcony and you're looking at me on my balcony and you're calling out what you see. Mm-hmm. And I'm calling out what I see. And it is a little bit like, yeah, what? Yeah. You know, Thank which you. is great. Yes. And yeah. th- so that encouragement even, um, it can come from a lot of different areas. In in our life, we have that benefit through our friendship relationship. But it can come from any number of things. I mean, you know, that to limit God to one thing would be to limit God. So you're going to get that through a lot of different avenues and ways. If you simply allow, I think, yourself to be ministered to and to be encouraged in those in those moments. But um, yeah, I mean, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> I would. I think we're getting to the drop right the down. Gavel. I think we're getting down to the right oh, down. So we're going to drop the gavel. We're going to drop the gavel. Stop rambling on but no you had so much truth in everything that you said and I want to thank you for sharing your story because not only did you share your story you sent us some specifics yes so thank you for some that names some names some, you know places scenarios that's right some, I mean well it's given to you for a reason so take it take it for what you will An so interesting much story you have so much wisdom and encouragement mm. and very compelling woman. So thank you for jumping on the mic. To end our show, every guest gives a write it down, which is like a, mm, you know, girl, like take this for the rest no of the day. Pressure. So what is one thing that you want people to take away from our discussion if they zoned out the whole time or fast forward till the end? 
I hope that didn't happen. <laughs> but if it did, I understand completely. Um, first off, I'd say I have no wisdom of my own that I offer. I think that the hope is that, especially when someone's asking you things about your life and what you've learned, is that that I was able to some de- degree to get out of my own way and for the Lord to kind of speak in whatever way because ultimately he knows the audience and he knows where something like this could go or how it could affect somebody. Um, but last night, um, Brooke and I were actually sitting there talking and she was like, what's going to be your write it down? And I was like, can I use a quote? And she's like, Amy, you can't use a quote. Like, this is a quote from you. You need to say something. And I'm like, how do you say something profound? And then as we were talking, you know, this just kind of came out and she was like, I grabbed my scribbling. paper. I was like, wait a second. There was like smoke coming out of the pen. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you just said it. This is it. So it's actually written down in front of me because I can't I just do this in the moment. Yeah. So she wrote, successes aren't motivators. They are affirmations. Rejection points you in a new direction. So as much as it is easy to desire success in your life, um, it won't move you. It'll just keep you going where you're going and how you're going. And sometimes that's awesome. It affirms you. It builds your confidence. But when rejection comes, it shouldn't be looked at as um, this, you know, flat tire on the bus or this big, you know, hole that you fell in and now you've got to get out of. It should be looked at as something that can do you a lot of good, changing your direction, um, kind of moving you forward in the progress of who you are as a person and what you're becoming in your life and in God's plan for your life. Mm. Write it down. Write it down. Amy Cruz, thank you so much for hopping on the show. It was a pleasure having you. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.